Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the third leg of the Pro Farmer Crop Tour completed yesterday afternoon, and it looks like some of the yields are improving. We're going to bring you the latest details as they make their way to Rochester, Minnesota tonight, and tomorrow the national yields will be released. Good morning. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Glad you're along with us. That's just one of the stories I've got for you this morning. Charity Seebecker is also going to be joining us. We've got everybody headed back to school, but there are still some vacant in Wisconsin for agriculture educators. She's got the details with Sally Ladston, who is our uh, education consultant with the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction. And Katie Burgess with EverAg is going to catch up with us this morning and give us a little recap on the latest milk production figures. Yes, we do have a busy day on the way. Weather-wise, if you're going to be outside, it looks like you might want to prepare for a little rain. Uh, we are expecting some partly sunny skies today, but about a 30% chance of rain probably mostly this morning. 77 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 77. Saturday, partly cloudy and 81. Sunday, mostly cloudy and 82 degrees. Dumuk, our ag meteorologist, coming up as well. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. County fair season continues across the state of Wisconsin. Maybe not quite as many in a week as we've seen, but still plenty of youth that are trying to now combine almost their school schedule with a county fair schedule. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, Jill, I have got a 16-year-old nephew that is a perfect example of some of the challenges that are not only facing mom and dad, but also school systems and our 4-H leaders. He could be involved in 4-H, but he, like many young people, decided that he was going to work this summer. That's just one example of some of the adjustments, the changes we've seen since the pandemic that's impacting a lot of our county fairs, a lot of our 4-H exhibitors. Well, I found out a little bit more, too. I talked to Heather Verling. She's the St. Croix County 4-H program educator. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. And we talked about the numbers before COVID, through COVID, and the numbers afterwards, and the adjustments that she's making within the program to get more members involved, from adjusting that fair book to what kids are really interested in. And I found out a whole lot more at the St. Croix County Fair. Great. Um, UW Extension and 4-H have really 
um, kind of changed efforts a little bit and moving more into the educational area of the fair, really trying to um, provide uh, platforms for not only kids but adults to come and learn during their fair experience. So for instance, today we are hosting a daycare field trip opportunity where uh, local daycares have come out to the fair and we are guiding them through eight different educational workshops where they can learn about animals, science, art, all the different aspects of everything that occurs here at the fair. You talked about education for adults. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, so um, we have other um, educators within the UW Extension office, uh, whether that be agriculture, agronomy, horticulture, um, nutrition education, um, health and human development that will come out during the fair, offer different workshops, different sessions for adult learners to attend as well. So beyond the fair, what other things do you do? So throughout the year, we have a ton of educational opportunities for kids, all ages, so pre-K through high school. Um, and they, they range from um, day-long project workshops to overnight camps to educational trips across the country. Uh, it's just, it's a broad spectrum on top of the traditional like 4-H club work. And we're looking ahead now past COVID. What did you see that COVID happened to 4-H? COVID really um, spun 4-H in a new, uh, new, new direction where we really started developing more of our virtual platforms for learning. Um, so we have a number of programs throughout the year now that are no longer face-to-face. -face. It's all done through either computer, phone, um, audio, and kids come into those spaces to learn just as they would in a face-to-face -face setting. So it's, it's made us move into the future with technology, but I think it's also provided families um, an opportunity, especially busy families, to say, you know what, I can't make a face-to-face -face meeting, but I can have my child sit at home and come in via computer for an hour. So I think it's really made our programs more adaptable um, and open to a bigger, broader audience. So your bigger, broader audience, that was right to my next question. Do you feel like you are reaching more people, more kids in this venue? Yes, um, and, a, and a different group of kids, which is great. Um, we have our very strong roots in 4-H, that traditional 4-H program of you know, a lot of rural kids coming off the farms. St. Croix County, um, as everyone knows, is, is getting this huge influx population from the Twin Cities. So it's a whole new audience, and it's more of an urban audience. So we're really trying to connect with those kids coming in on their interests. So we've started um, new programs, more in our STEM and science fields and robotics, and um, moving in that direction. Not, you know, not to say that you know, we, we still want those traditional farm kids. Yes, we do. But um, really trying to tap into um, kind of modern day and new projects and what kids are interested in. So that flux of kids coming in and you mentioned doing a little, a few different things. Are you able to spread those new things to your traditional 4-Hers too? Yeah, um, it, it's been uh, I would say our traditional 4-Hers have been a little timid on some of them, but once we get them in, get them seen, like the new, the new technology, the new um, science stuff, I mean, they're excited. They're really excited. So it's, it's, I think, growing our traditional program as well. Um, even for the fair, we've had to expand 
the project list in the fair book for kids to enter because they don't have these new projects in the traditional book. So we've really tried to enhance the program, move it in different directions. And again, this is a new generation of kids. They have new interests. Um, so we want to adapt and grow along right with them. So along with adapting and growing, have you seen a big expansion of what's coming to the fair for projects? Yes, um, especially I would say in our mechanical projects, lots of new inventive stuff. Um, kids are really getting involved in welding. Um, the Legos are a very big new project. Our robotics program, Rocketry, is new this year. We had our rocket launch last week. Um, so yeah, we've, we've seen kids really cling on and, and want to show those, and, uh, those exhibits. And I know that COVID put kind of a damper on some of the attendance. Do you feel like your numbers are growing from pre-COVID times or where are you guys at? So last year we were about half of our membership and this year we've really seen it bounce back. We're about, I would say, 50 to 100 kids short of what we're traditionally at, but way better than, than before. So we have seen those numbers really come back. I think people just needed some time to adjust figure out priorities, figure out what this looks like now that we've made changes um, and, and see what works for them. And do you credit some of that expansion just to your new technology and to, to your new ideas? Yeah, um, but I, I also want to credit it more to, again, it's a new generation of kids. We have to learn and adapt to what their interests are, to what they're learning about, to what they want to learn about. So um, for someone like me that's not technology um, efficient, it, it really put a learning curve on. And I, I, had, to, I had to learn right along with them um, and really, really try to change um, our approach and how we deliver education in a new way. What do you see as the future? Do you think you're going to be expanding even further? Do you think you're going to be honing in on what you've already started? I definitely see us expanding. Um, there's a real big push right now for um, post-secondary pathways education and really trying to connect kids to future careers. Um, and more, more careers in the trade industry, actually. So really trying to connect kids. If you're interested in welding, we're going to connect you with welding. If you're interested in electrical, we're going to connect you with electrical, nursing, same thing. Really trying to give them real life experiences of what that career looks like, what that future looks like for them. And, and see, you know, like maybe they try it and say, no, I don't like this anymore. Um, but really trying to, to give them new opportunities to expand, develop those life skills that we hope throughout our 4-H program they're gaining and really using those life skills so that when they graduate from our program, they are becoming productive citizens within our communities. You talked about reaching out. Do you make a connection with some community expertise to bring in some more information? Yes, definitely. So um, we've been partnering for the last couple of years with the public library system in St. Croix County. We've also connected with homeschool groups and um, public school institutions. Um, and again, really trying to cater to what they feel the kids need. And depending on which partner you bring in, that's a different need. Um, with, our, with our daycares, our early childhood facilities in the counties, they really were looking for science curriculum so we've been going in and supplying that for them 
Um, so it, it just kind of depends on who that partner is. But yeah, we've really been trying to reach out and supplement what they're already doing in the community. What do you think about grabbing some more groups out there? What's going to be your ideas for getting those involved? Great question. Um, there's lots of potential, again, especially with these new families moving into our county. Huge potential. Um, and, and even utilizing, I mean, we're surrounded by two four-year institutions and a two-year institution, um, really trying to tap into that college-based youth, um, young adult, whether we're providing programming, youth education for them, or we're trying to um, evolve them into becoming our future 4-H volunteers. I mean, so I, I think it's, it's a full circle here and uh, really trying to just increase visibility, get our name out there. I mean, especially 4-H, it's extremely low, um, low finances. I mean, we charge $5 a year per kid. So it's, it's feasible, it's, it's flexible, and it really is truly a program that adapts to each individual child's interests. And that was Heather Verling from St. Croix County with 4-H Update. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Rebath, they believe everyone should have a bathroom they love. That's why they do it all. From fresh tub and shower updates to smart, safe aging and accessibility solutions. Plus, complete bathroom remodels. Rebath's process includes design guidance, quality products and professional installation. Best of all, they'll be in and out in just a few days. And you'll have a brand new bathroom that you'll love for years to come. Visit their showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com for a no-pressure consultation. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, Farm Safety Specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With Wiseway Flooring Designers and Technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Walk. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. 
If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and if you're going to be doing any of that today, at least this morning, you might be encountering a few rain showers. Let's talk about what's coming our way weather-wise. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, along with us, has sent me a picture yesterday. You're getting everything lined up for the threshery in your neck of the woods on Saturday, but are you going to have to encounter any showers by the time we get there? No, it looks like by Saturday we're going to be in the clear. The rain, not bad. Hey, it's good to wash off the tent, and we are out in the field. So, you know, soaking down what was some pretty dry soil last night isn't bad news. Let's talk about some of the rain through the nighttime. I've got uh, Madison as the clear winner, an inch and 95 hundredths, according to the airport. Lacrosse, 63 hundredths. Then there's a lot in the same group. Mauston, uh, Juno, 78 hundredths, 85 hundredths at Fond du Lac. And I did see Reedsburg weighed in this morning at about six tenths. A weak front is traveling into southeast Wisconsin. Oh, lines up about Green Bay to far northeast Iowa. And there is some rain in east central and southeast Wisconsin, northern Illinois. So the eastern part of the state, Oshkosh, Bondelite, Beaver Dam, even Madison having sprinkles, pretty light stuff this morning. But it's all pulling east and away. A weak secondary front may trigger off another round of some rainfall late this evening. That's about it. Then we start to dry it out. It cools off a little bit. Sure, there's no doubt about that because our winds become north today. And that north breeze does tap into just a bit of a drier air mass overnight and into Friday, that's great. We'll turn those temps around back up toward normal, upper 70s and low 80s into the weekend. The next system trying to wedge on in could even account for a bit of a shower chance at lacrosse by later day Saturday. I think everybody else, uh, the further east you get, the further that chance pushes out toward late Saturday night or even into Sunday before another round of rain may develop. I'll have forecast details right after this. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Every time we have a solar system going up in the neighborhood, people are walking by, they're getting their kids out to come look at it. They want to see what, what it is and talk about it and, and understand it. And, and the, the best way to find out if it works is talk to someone who has solar. You probably know someone who's gone solar and, and knows a little bit more. If you have a neighbor that has solar, talk to them. See what they're saying. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premium paid here stay here to keep wisconsin strong yeah let's uh, get to some of those rainfall reports uh, again we've got uh, about an inch and two tenths from dennis in northeast uh, dodge county uh, we've got linda from reeseville inch and two tenths loretta from cambria about almost an inch and a half and then kirby la crescent three tenths of an inch of rain stew 
Well, that's all right. We all got a nice shower out of it, and that rain chance continues. Still raining in southeast Wisconsin. A small chance elsewhere to pop up a bit later today or this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy today in the upper 70s. South winds becoming northwest as we head through the day, about 5 to 10. Overnight, still mostly cloudy. Could be that sprinkle. Upper 50s for lows, north winds at 5 to 10. Then there's Friday and Saturday. Mostly sunny, 77 Friday, north winds at 5. Mostly sunny, more likely about 80 on Saturday. South winds develop at 5 to 10. Like I said, there could be a sprinkle at lacrosse late Saturday. I expect more of that to develop Sunday as we look across the rest of the southern half of the state. Yeah, so Pam, like, not bad. That's That'll take, yeah, you bet. And Tommy from uh, Stockbridge, he got a half an inch rain. 1.16 in Cambria from Chris. So thank you very much for the rainfall reports. Keep them coming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your tough jobs, the really big ones, deserve a hard-working John Deere tractor from Sloan Implement. Right now, get 0% for five years and $1,000 off on a 5E series tractor. No matter the size of your work, the John Deere 5E is the perfect fit. And when you take a seat on your tractor, your land stands to benefit. 0% for 60 months. Some restrictions apply. See Sloan Implement for details. Offer ends 10 kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop and a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler's service allows us to be ready to run whenever we need to, rain or shine. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com when it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. makes car buying unpleasant? The pressure. The absolutely out of control, uncomfortable pressure. You know what causes that? Salespeople. Salespeople on a commission, pushing you into a car they want to sell you. Bergstrom Automotive got rid of that. All of that. When you come into any Bergstrom Automotive location in Madison or Middleton, you're a guest. 
you'll be met by one of their advisors. Whether you pick the most expensive car on the lot or a discount used car, their advisors get paid the same. Bergstrom Advisors know that the only thing they have to do is listen to you and help you find the right car. And if for some reason you don't find the perfect vehicle, they'll shake hands and hope you come back again. But pressure? No, never. The better way is at Bergstrom. Bergstromauto.com. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, farm safety specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. While the rest of the world seems to be moving in slow motion, you're ready to gear it up. Sugar River Raceway is now open for the season and the track is calling your name. A half mile paved sprint course with 10 challenging turns. This is no slow as you go amusement park ride. These are full blown 50 mile an hour screaming machines. Put your bachelor party, company outing, or your badass desire for speed at SugarRiverRaceway.com. Just 40 minutes south of Madison and Broadhead. Get your race on. And this is something that's another question that comes to the Graham Mertz thing. If you have the strong offensive line, you have the strong defense, you have the running back university, you have this, you, you have everything set up for a, a quarterback Sp- to succeed. Why can't they get a quarterback? Because they got a quarterback. What are you talking about? They they have the highest style offense is it because they, they run the ball too much. The highest rated quarterback they've ever recruited. Yeah. I no, I understand, but like in the grand scheme of things, how can you get? How does Ohio State just have a stable of quarterbacks? That it's are Ohio all, State. Yeah, but there's how many guys are sitting there? A lot trying to be the starter. A lot, a lot. If because they also know so much. So because they know what it means. Transfers and becomes the starter at Texas. Texas. They know. Why it, can't Wisconsin get one of those guys? They literally know what it means. Yeah. If they win that job, they are going in the first round of the NFL draft. I under, which I understand. It's like, and then the starter from Texas transfers to Nebraska and becomes the starter. Couldn't you look at Wisconsin and say, I have everything I need to yes. succeed and make me look like a NFL first rounder? Why can't I jump in and be that guy? Yes, uh, because and why Wisconsin- can't it happen? Do you know the last time Wisconsin had a first-round quarterback? Never. Was it Russ? It's been a while. So, like, I was, know, no, I know Russell they run- went in the third round. Oh yeah, he did. I know it's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I understand that. Like, I get like, I think one of our listeners, Craig, and messaging, he's like, "Why would anyone want to come here for a quarterback when all they do is run the football?" But they don't. Paul Chris is. I mean. Here, I get it. Why would any top-tier kids at wide receiver or quarterback come to Wisconsin when they run 70% of the time? I get that they would play right away and excel, but that offense is not their best option to make it to the NFL. Well, I That's think what our guy Craig said. Good morning, I, Craig. Yeah, no, I think there are some guys that probably wouldn't, but Graham Mertz did. Like if, you, if you get a guy who everybody wanted, Graham, everybody wanted Graham Mertz. Yeah. And he still came to Wisconsin. It's just that they have not taken – and maybe the, obviously Graham Mertz has to take some of the responsibility, but they haven't been able to develop him into a – a top level, top national guy. It hasn't happened. I here's the thing. I think 
Russell Wilson showed that it can be done. A transfer portal guy, I think, is kind of be where they have to go next year if this doesn't work out. Yeah, but if you're a transfer portal guy... Why would you not want to step into this? That, that's a, No, exactly. That's what and, I'm trying to say. Why can't they get a guy that already wants to step in now from the transfer... Well, I guess you know who you got in the transfer portal, though. Research department doing some research. Just had me on the shoulder. First one they found, having gone through the whole list, 1948. Mm. Jug, Jug Gerard. Yeah, was a, he was a uh, First round... Big, seventh pick Love to the Green Bay Packers. Love the Not sure what he was drafted as because he played quarterback, punter, defensive back, and fullback. Love strong the, arm. Love strong the arm. Love it was the huge. Jugs. Yeah, it was a big, big jug guy. Uh, You're a big jug guy. I know you are. Who is it? What's his last name again? It? Gerard. Jug Gerard. Beautiful name. Beautiful. So it's like, I don't. I get that if you're Ohio State or you know you got this this stable of quarterbacks that if you win that starting job you're going to the NFL like right away you're your first you're round. guaranteed almost you look at Wisconsin you got everything you would need to succeed yet it's here we are left talking about like is Grammar's going to take a step this year well, again I mean I I don't know how many times you can say this he's the highest rated quarterback they've ever gotten I, he was I everybody get it. I everybody understand. wanted him you can't sit there and say they did not. They can't recruit a quarterback. They did recruit a quarterback. I'm not saying it's a re- well, I kind of am, but it's, they recruited a guy who yes. didn't live up to it. Well, that, uh, that is so that, you can't blame Wisconsin. No, you can't blame Wisconsin for what is happening right now. That's well, no, what you, about all the other years? Every other year, every year they're supposed to bring in a top level guy. No, I'm not saying that, but it's like why? I guess nice. the, it, the, transfer portal, nice. the transfer portal has, has changed things every. I think Wisconsin and Wisconsin has shown that they're gonna, willing to uh, attack the transfer portal for positions that they they desperately need. I don't know how serious they were about Caleb Williams, but well, they needed five million dollars jumping off point. They definitely went after him, um, and then also that they replenished their secondary in the transfer portal. They have no issues in the transfer portal. I think they're going to continue to use it, and I would be shocked if Graham Mertz plays at the same level he did last year. That there's not a transfer level quarter, a transfer quarterback here next year. How'd a the, guy legitimately that has a chance to start. And refresh my memory, how, how did Russell Russell Wilson end up again at Wisconsin? He transferred. I know. A graduate Glenn, transfer. I know they went with Glenn in there. So they he was playing at baseball. NC State. They, wa- they didn't want him to play baseball. Yeah. yeah. They gave him an ultimatum. And, and they, that's why they went with Glennon? And they had Mike Glennon. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, that's, they, they're like. Well, why Wisconsin? It was their, them or Auburn. And Re- Russell Wilson, when he came here, he looked and was walking down the hallway and Gabe, uh, not Gabe Creamy, uh, like a whole bunch of these huge ass offensive linemen yeah. are walking down the hall. He's like, "Look at the beef." If I could, I mean, look at the beef. Let's do it. It's all they're missing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why Wisconsin and, and Brett Bielma, I think, did a good job. Paul Chris played a huge role in that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Oh, okay. So, research department got through the list. Love research department. The year Paul Bunyan's axe became a thing in 1948. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it looks like my rainfall reporters this morning are generally telling me everybody got about a half an inch of rain. That rain is quickly moving to the east. Should uh, bring us some partly sunny skies for today. Our daytime highs right around 77. Tomorrow, sunshine and 77. Saturday, partly sunny and 81. Sunday, mostly cloudy 
82 degrees. Katie Burgess with Everag is going to be joining us in just a moment to talk a little bit more about the milk production figures that were released uh, this week. And uh, also Charity Seebecker going to give us an update on how classrooms are filling up across the state of Wisconsin. We still have some vacancies for agriculture educators. Stick around for all that. So today is the 25th day of August. Not a lot of real big items that I noticed today. Back in 2012, the first spacecraft to enter interstellar space took off. It was NASA's Voyager 1. It was launched September 5th, 1977. It left the heliosphere, which is the part of space that's not influenced by the sun. February of 1990, the spacecraft took the first overview picture of the solar system. It's the most distant man-made object in space, and it was all started on this bay day back in 2012. Happy birthday to uh, movie producer Tim Burton. He's 64. And model Claudia Schiffer. She's 52 years young. And now you know. Well, we know that kids are heading back to the classroom very, very quickly. Some already back in class. But uh, teachers, are they back in class? Our Wisconsin Agriculture Education programs, again, undergoing stress, trying to find the teachers needed. Charity Seebecker's got more. While kids are going through some big changes heading back to school, so are the teachers. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Sally Ladson with DPI shares more on how agriculture teaching numbers are looking for the fall and the license options to help fill those vacancies. Throughout this past year, we've had just over 50 teacher changes, and a lot of the teacher changes happen because a teacher in a current school applies for an opening, and then they move to that position, creating an opening in their district. And so it's like that domino effect where one position opens and it creates a ripple effect with others. But some of those positions have been new positions that were created. We're seeing quite a few schools that are looking for different types of career and technical education teachers and looking for ways to fill some of those roles. And so I know there are a few positions that initially started looking for a tech ed teacher, weren't able to find a tech ed teacher. So the district said, are there ways that we could transition these classes into agriculture classes and hire an agriculture teacher instead? So we're seeing some growth in numbers just in that perspective, not necessarily growing the number of total teachers in the state, but specifically the number of agriculture teachers in the state. And that's just due to the shortage that we're seeing across all of career and technical education in terms of trying to find teachers. Right now, we have nine positions still waiting to have a teacher fill them. A lot of our positions have fortunately been filled through some different types of pathways to licensure. I know we have a lot of experience-based license individuals coming into the classroom this year, which is exciting to know that we're going to be able to keep those positions going and keep those programs thriving through different routes of getting teachers into the room. But even with getting quite a few experience-based licensed teachers into the classroom, we're still seeing those nine openings. How does hiring work? People who necessarily haven't graduated with an agriculture education degree are still being hired. So can you explain more about how that's possible? There's a variety of pathways to licensure that we have available to us. And in particular, because we're such a high demand area, those pathways are a little bit broader than some other teaching positions might have. Obviously, there's the traditional licensure where individuals can go to a four-year university to obtain a major in agricultural education. And that's the pretty standard route that we'll see people take. But we've got a variety of other license options too, some that have become more relevant in the last 
few years. An emergency license is what a lot of people will call it, where individuals can get a one-year license from a school district as they're obtaining the credentials needed to get that more permanent type of license. And then we also have something called an experience-based license, which is a process where a school district can utilize a point system that looks at both an individual's experience in the industry of agriculture, as well as their knowledge and experience in a classroom type setting. And so individuals who haven't gone a traditional route or maybe aren't doing that emergency type of pathway are able to go through this route with a school district sponsoring them, showcasing their plan of action to ensure that that individual is getting the correct preparation and training that they need to not only understand the science of teaching and the art of teaching, but also what that looks like in an agriculture setting. Why do you think there is a shortage of agriculture teachers? What do you think is causing it that you're seeing? I think there's a variety of reasons that we're seeing the shortage. Quite frankly, I think education in general is starting to see a shortage. We've known that agricultural education has had a shortage for a long time, but we're starting to see other areas approaching those need levels as well. And I think part of it is just really the time that it takes to put into a classroom and get it to the level that we want it to be. In agricultural education, we talk about the three-component model. And so those three components are the classroom instruction, the typical classroom setting, leadership development through the National SFA organization, and then work-based learning or hands-on learning through their supervised agricultural experiences. And so when we think about that three-component model, in Ag Ed, we are really proud of that model and the strength that it has in enforcing different concepts for students. But we also recognize the amount of time and dedication that that takes on the teacher's end because their work isn't ending at the end of the classroom day or at the end of their grading period or whatever it might be. That work continues on into the weekends, into the summers, things like that. And so we see a lot of time that goes into that. And the level of connection that individuals have with their students can sometimes also bring on an extra level of work and responsibility that people have. And so looking at that, it's, I think, coming down to a major decision on individuals' parts of what the work-life balance looks like. And I think as a state agency, I know one of my primary goals is trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates to make their workload a little bit more manageable and easier. But also I know through the state of Wisconsin, we have a really awesome agricultural education group called our Wisconsin Association of Agricultural Educators, and they're doing the same thing of trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates. That was Sally Ladson with DPI on how agriculture teacher numbers are looking. There are still currently nine vacancies, and she encourages those interested to reach out. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Soil health. It's the top priority at Midwestern BioAg. It's the first thing they consider with every product at every step. It's designed to build healthy, biodiverse soils to support healthy soil, resilient crops, and higher yields. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg. Better farming through better soil. Schedules are getting hectic again. The kids are back in school. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Remember, they're located just outside of Madison in Fitchburg at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road, where they're open from Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. And I'll tell you what, they're always open online, BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook. And Judy has got literally lists and lists of suggestions on how you can make mealtime easier with that hectic schedule. Or maybe you're looking to change up what you're putting in the kids' lunchbox. Well, they've got suggestions there, too. Take a look at all the old-world flavors that they're offering just with their ham selections. 
Find out more today. BavariaSausageKitchen.com, where there's special coupons you can use. Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook. Or face-to-face Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. Be sure and tell them that the farm babe sent you. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Well, things are getting a little bit better on the third leg of the Pro Farmer Crop Tour. Many crop scouts that were covering central Illinois yesterday said that they were finally seeing some yields that were at least average. Brian Grady is one of those. He said, uh, although right now the yields look average, they are going to need some good weather for the month of September to finish off strong. We had a discussion last night about the great finish that we had last year on the crop and and whether or not... uh, potential for that to happen again and you know i don't know if we can have as good a finish as as what we had last year uh time will tell i guess on that but uh um you know they've they've got some moisture out here in the eastern corn belt so uh at least that's going in their favor um you know we need some sunshine and and relatively mild temps but not too cool um some you know warmer mild temps as we move through september Brian Grady on the Pro Farmer Crop Tour that was covering central Illinois yesterday. Now the western leg and the eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Crop Tour are going to be coming together tonight in Rochester, Minnesota. Tomorrow they will release their national yield predictions. And believe me, the market will be paying attention to that. Markets this morning in Chicago are looking fairly firm. December corn currently up a nickel, 662. November soybeans are up three and a half at 1460. September wheat's down two at 793. December wheat currently unchanged at 813 a bushel. Yesterday, barrel cheese dropped a half a cent to 187 and a half. 40 pound block cheese on Wednesday was down a penny at 176. And the double A butter dropped five and a half cents to three dollars even. Fluid milk for September, currently trading six cents lower at 1993 a hundredweight. October closed 30 cents lower at 2035 a hundredweight. Well, Wisconsin milk production for the month of July remained fairly flat, but that's the case for about uh, all of the major dairy producing states. What's going on with global milk production and what can we expect fourth quarter of this year? We're talking about that next with Katie Burgess, one of the broker analysts with Everag. Stick around for that. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some jewelry stores try to dazzle you with gigantic showrooms and tons of inventory, but honestly, you don't want to pay for the jewelry store. You want to pay for your custom piece. William Thomas Custom Jewelry is proud of their quaint location and modest reputation for keeping their overhead low and their prices affordable. Allow William Thomas Custom Jewelry to help you create that one-of-a-kind piece. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, Farm Safety Specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, 
Take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. You're in the construction business, you love what you do, and you're good at it, but traveling all over the state for one job here and there is getting old. When you join the crew at SNR Remodeling, your home sweet home every night because the jobs are local. No nights, no weekends, more time for family, and there's plenty of work so you can stay ahead financially. SNR Remodeling. Apply online at snrremodeling.net. SNR Remodeling. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and helping us cover it all on a Thursday morning, our friend Katie Burgess, one of the broker analysts with the EverAg team, joining us live this morning. And Katie, let's go back to a report that uh, was out earlier this week, the July milk production report. Here in the state of Wisconsin, we actually saw our milk production slip just a little bit. 6,000 fewer cows in the state this July compared to last. And really, the 24 major dairy producing states uh, reflected the same kinds of trends, didn't they? They did. We saw milk production came in a little softer for the U.S. overall than most people had been expecting from the report. And so earlier that this week, it gave us a nice bump up in the markets as people realized that we had a little bit of a false start from USDA. We thought milk production in the U.S. started growing in June. But the latest numbers showed us that, in fact, it had not started growing in June. We didn't start seeing some growth until July. And as you mentioned, Pam, some states like Wisconsin actually went a little bit backwards in the month of July. Well, but we had been against the trend for a couple months, too. I mean, we haven't seen any dramatic move one way or the other as far as milk production this year. I did also note that California saw a pretty healthy increase in their July milk. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, it's true. California, their summer, it's been hot because it's California, but hasn't been quite as hot as it sometimes gets. So the cows are loving that. Plus, last year they weren't doing so great. So it made their year-over-year comparison a little easier to beat. That being said, as we think about what milk production looks like, you know, going forward through the end of this year and on into 2023, those California dairy producers are struggling out there with high feed costs. Alfalfa prices are at all-time highs, and so we have seen some better numbers from the West Coast, but given the high cost of dairy production everywhere in the U.S., and I think the West Coast has it even a little bit worse than we do here in Wisconsin, Uh, it does seem like their milk production could uh, come down from the levels we saw here this summer. Well, and the big question is, are they even going to be able to stay in that state? Uh, I was uh, chatting with Mm -hmm. uh, somebody from the Milk uh, Producers Council out there, and that's a big question is, can you afford to stay in that state uh, given the economic conditions and feed costs? You know, that's the kind of question that's being asked around the world, though, Katie. I mean, world milk production has been relatively flat, correct? That's true. Flat to even a bit lower. In fact, just here overnight, we got new data out of New Zealand. It showed their milk production was down, that farmers in New Zealand are facing higher costs like we see here in the U.S., but also environmental restrictions. 
and it's been pretty wet. So a lot of their cows freshen here in the month of August and it's a soggy start. So New Zealand milk production, not growing like it used to be. And even more prominently, Europe, which is the biggest group of milk producers in the world, also seeing more and more environmental regulations. Farmers, especially in the Netherlands, have been protesting because essentially what some of the regulations mean for producers there is that they'll have to drastically cut their dairy herd down or in some spots, you know, even forced out of business to be in compliance. And so when we look at the world, places that used to provide a lot of growth, like Europe and New Zealand, they're just not in a position to do so anymore. And, you know, good news, bad news. I think that for us here in the U.S., it does open up a lot of opportunities in the next five to 10 years to be the global supplier that countries that have new demand can count on to supply milk and dairy products to meet their needs. Katie Burgess along with us live this morning from the Ever Ag team. Uh, so are we seeing sales? Are we capitalizing on that export market, Katie? Yeah, we are. In fact, this year, so we have data through June. We June was a new record high cheese export month. And right now, given where our prices sit, cheese prices in Europe and New Zealand are quite a bit higher than ours. And while I think dairy producers might like to see ours a little higher too, one way we get there is increased export demand. Just given the global landscape, it does seem like our cheese exports likely remain strong through the end of the year. And I'm going to go ahead and bet that 2022 is a record year for cheese exports. What about domestic situations? Domestic, it's a bit more mixed. As everyone listening knows, prices for everything have been going up. And one of the things we see happening at the grocery store level is that you're spending the same amount of money, if not more, but you're leaving with less food in your cart. And sometimes that means a pack of cheese or a pound of butter gets left on the shelf. And same thing at the restaurants. You know, people are still going out to eat, but maybe we're not getting that appetizer or maybe not that dessert that tends to be pretty dairy heavy. And so we are seeing domestic dairy demand only so-so, but I do think it's good news as gasoline prices have come down. That leaves a little more money in folks' pockets. So hopefully we can see this trend reverse. Absolutely. It's something that everybody's going to be watching for sure. Katie Burgess along with us. Katie, how can folks get in touch with you or any of the EverAg team? What do you suggest? Yeah, visit our website at ever.ag. We do lots of things. Anyone wants to talk dairy, grains, cattle markets, we're always happy to help share our insights. And most importantly for the producer community, we're able to help folks manage risk. The markets have been incredibly volatile this year, and so there's lots of things producers can do to help out smooth that volatility to make better plans for their business. Yeah, risk management definitely is the name of the game this year. Very good, Katie. Thank you so much for all the info. We'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks, Pam. All right, Katie Burgess joining us live this morning. Like she said, part of the Ever Egg crew, ready to help you with that risk management side of things, most definitely. And like I said, I talked to a California milk producer cooperative leader and cost of production out there is just insane. We'll try to get that conversation to you starting your day tomorrow morning. As always, look for more farm news about many different things online, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, and don't forget, you can also send me your rainfall reports this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report.